So, so we were holding by Parag Bays. Okay, so we're talking about the Tzalem, Tzalem Alekim, right? What does it mean that a person is a Tzalem Alekim? Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of different shitas on Tzalem Alekim, right? Shalom Alekim, what's your name? Shlomi Abramson, how are you? Yeah, you too. Why, you came with uh, Shlomo? Yeah. Uh, I hear, very nice. What do you learn over there by uh, Siki Rubenfeld? Yeah, there, yeah. Ah, nice. With Yossel? Yeah. Slavsky? Yeah. You guys all learn together? Yeah. Oh, beautiful. Oh, Shkayek, thank you so much. I brought the sushi to eat, not to like, you know. Yeah, I'm going to get cups. <laughs> it's not yeah, it's not just like stare at. It's not supposed to be on lockdown. It's supposed to, you know, we're supposed to enjoy. Okay. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so he says over here, we're talking about Selim Kim. So there's a lot of different cheetahs in Selim Kim, what exactly that means. So he's going with the basic interpretation, the more Kabbalistic interpretation of Selim Kim means that the image of God is talking about how we are affecting the upper world, how we're affecting the spiritual worlds. So Amnam Lahavan Inyan Amrut Selim Kim Daika, to understand the Mila of Selim Kim, why specifically these words are chosen. Vleshe Macher, and not some other random name. Shem Elikim Yedua Pirushai. What is Shem Elikim, right? Shem Elikim, we understand to mean like the shame of Din, generally speaking, right? Wow. No, Elikim, Elikim. Right? So there's Yudke Vavke, which is the shame of Ayah, right? And there's Shem Elikim. So what does it mean? Yedua Pirushai Shumayrish Yisbarach Shmay Baal HaKoychas Kulam. That HaKadosh Baruch Hu is the Baal HaKoychas Kulam. So what does that mean, Baal HaKoychas Kulam? What, how, do, how do you interpret that, right? When we say, um, when we're davening Shemana Esther, right? We say, Elikim, right? We say, Hashem Elikeinu, right? Baruch Atah Hashem Elikeinu, we're saying that He's our God. So what exactly do we mean when we say Elikim, that Lashon of Elikim? So we're saying that he is takif, or bal yichoyles, or bal koiches kulam, that he is bal koich and bal yichoyles, and he's also mashgiach alenu bepratias, right? He also has a specific hashgacha pratias, and grada, I was even on this in Shari on this week, that he says that if a person trusts in Hakadosh Baruch Hu, so Hakadosh Baruch Hu takes care of you directly, right? But if a person doesn't trust directly in Hakadosh Baruch Hu, so then HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Meser Hashgachah He takes his Hashgacha, his special Hashgacha that he has for you, and he puts you into the hand of whoever you're being Beitechen, or the situation that you're being Beitechen, right? So I inferred from there, I don't know if I'm 100% right, but I inferred from there, the Chayvah Salavavah in Shara B'Talchem, right? So I inferred from there that the way to tap into Hashgacha Pratis, a person has to do something to tap into Hashgacha Pratis. Right? Meaning to say it's true that a person has a shkacha pratas, a yid has a shkacha pratas over a guy. But if we trust in other people, we're putting that hashgacha in the other person's hand. And when we trust in HaKadosh Baruch Hu, then we get that special hashgacha. Right? We know there's different shitas exactly in hashgacha pratas. Right? The Hasidim have a very specific shita on hashgacha pratas. Every single thing, every single inch, every single you know, crumb that's in front of you. Right? Mamash has to do with HaKadosh Baruch Hu and exactly what he wants to, has a specific cheshman as to why that's the case. Um, right? There's the Rambam, Shita Sar Rambam, he says, and we have to really understand what the Rambam means. The Rambam says that a person doesn't necessarily have that specific hashgacha. And less a person is a tzaddik, and he, he uses like a lashon, like he's he's like a akam. Uh, no, no, the Ramban and all the Rishonim are chelik on the Rambam, right? The Rambam is a das yachid. Everybody says it's not true. Obviously, every single year, there's mamish ashgachah pratis. 
And it seems like the Chayvus Olavavus is kind of taking like a, like a middle approach. Uh, could be I'm wrong, could be that's not what the Chayvus Olavavus means, could be it's much deeper than that, and I'm misreading it. But the way I'm understanding it, at least on the surface, is that he's saying that this Hashgach Pratis that we have is only if we have Betachem. If we trust in HaKadosh Baruch Hu, then we have that special Hashgach Pratis that only it has. If we don't, then that Hashgach is given over to whoever and whatever we're being Betachem. So what does it mean, Baal Yechelis or Baal Koyches Kulam? So Baal Koyches, right, I would interpret, if I didn't have, you know, the Farshim, is that a Kodesh Baruch Hu, you know, he owns a lot of Koyches, you know, he's a Baal HaKoyches, he has Koyches, right? All the Koyches in the world and all the potential in the world is all enveloped and all wrapped and all one with a Kodesh Baruch Hu, right? But the Mepharshim say, what does it mean, Baal HaYechelis Koyches Kulam? Is that any Koyach that you have, any strength, any ability, that you have, it's really HaKadosh Baruch Hu. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is the owner of that strength. Why? Because he's breathing into you the ability to do anything. So it comes out that anything that you're doing is really a direct offshoot of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's direct hashpah to you. And so therefore, you are not the owner, right, so to speak, of that Kayach. It's really HaKadosh Baruch Hu who is the owner of that Kayach. And he's really the main controller of that Kayach. It's just because he's giving you that Kayach, he's giving it over to your hands, he's giving, you know, the placing that into you, so therefore, you know, you're, 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 you, you have it, and you think it's yours, and you think you own it, but it's really Hashem's. As it says in the tour, So what does this mean? HaKadosh Baruch Hu is not like a person. When a person, when he sets up a house, right? he creates a building, he makes a, a house, he makes a building. It's not that the builder is right now taking from his personal kaychas and creating an eitz. He's taking already eitz, he's taking wood that was already created. And he's setting them up and he's placing them in this in this uh, binyan, in this building. And after he already sets it up based on his ratzin, if he decides that he's going to forget about them and he's mistalik from him, it doesn't make a difference. The binyan is kind, right? That building is still there. So whether or not you think about it, whether or not you're misgoya on it, and you say, ah, look at this geschmack building which I created, that doesn't have anything to do with the actual binyan's kiyam. It doesn't have anything to do with the existence of the binyan. When he created all the worlds, Hashem created them out of nothingness. With his with HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Kayach HaBilti Tachas Kein Me'oz From then and further on Kol Yoyim V'chol Rega Mamash Every second and every moment Kol Kayach Metsiyusam V'sidrum V'kiyumam Tali Rak V'mashu Yizbarach Shmoy Mashpia Behem B'ritsoni Yizbarach Kol Rega Their existence is contingent upon HaKadosh Baruch Hu Recreating and rebreathing life force into them Every single second So that Kayach that HaKadosh Baruch That's what it means over here He's saying a noob shot according to many different means that he is the one that's giving you over that kayach, right? He's in, in placing it within you. But what he's saying is, is that everything that exists, the kayach hakiyam, the ability for this thing to continuously exist and to last throughout time, is coming directly from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, it's coming from his, his kayach. And it doesn't exist, nothing exists on its own. 
Kayach v'shifas ar chadash, and he says not only that, but it's coming from a new kayach and a new shafa and a new ar. That every single second that Hakadosh Baruch Hu recreates the world, Hakadosh Baruch Hu could have done it in a way, in a sense, that it's not a new ar, that it's the same ar that it was before, and Hakadosh Baruch Hu also could have done it in a way that things aren't being recreated, that they're just there's like a continuum, just keeps on going, keeps on moving through time. Hakadosh Baruch Hu could have done that. HaKadosh Baruch Hu specifically chose that every single second is a Shafas or Chadosh, that's number one, that that R that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is now being Mansi everything through, it's a new R, it's not the old R, it's not the same type of R, and whatever this means, it means that this Shafa is a completely and totally new Shafa, constituted with new Ruchnias, the Ruchnias that didn't exist beforehand, right? And well, also, every day, every hour, every millisecond, every millisecond, every millisecond, I even think it is. Meaning to say, if you, if you split time, here, this is where it gets a little bit complicated, right? Because if you split time, where is there a point that time is split? Meaning to say, what is the smallest fraction of time that could possibly exist? Right? A moment. A moment? What is a moment? What is the smallest fraction of time? What about like something like a fruit where which it has a seed which gives over its DNA? Mm-hmm. But is that oh so so let's get I wanna so before we get there, that's like uh like twenty steps into what I'm saying. Right? But let's start already from the biggest baseline, right? What's the smallest what is the smallest second? fraction of time? Half a second. Half a second? Less. Split second. A millisecond? A zillisecond? A trillisecond? A zillisecond? Okay, then we can't even get that. They can't get that. Oh, what's going on? Yeah, I told Yassel to come. Yassel, hustle, hustle, hustle. What's going on? Can we sit in? With you? Of course. I'm sitting inside. Chef, what's the you want some? Uh, could I, some chef over here. Yeah, could, could I? Could I we're, we're actually talking about chef over here. <laughs> literally, we're, we're literally handling the concept of chef. Trying to break down the idea Every of chef. Every second, the world renews. Wait, what is chef? Yeah. What is exactly chef? Chef is or from Hashem, whatever that means. Means what? It's or from Hashem that manifests down here as abundance. Right. Money is chef. Uh, yeah. Source of Yeah. Any money you get is chef. Yeah. It's actually it's the, it's that or manifest in a physical sense. But let's get back to our second point. So what is so what is the smallest fraction? of time. I don't know if you could really split it, right? The Rambam actually Martin Vukum says that the proof that something exists, anything that exists, is able to be split infinitely, right? So that means you could split it and split it and split it and split it. And if you think about it in Svara, it has to be like that. It has to be that in order for something to exist, because take a look at it, right? Everything has dimensions, right? So let's take this package of uh, soy sauce, for example, right? It exists in a three-dimensional world. Right? Okay. And it exists, right, with dimensions. In order, so if something has dimensions, that means, think about it, right? Yeah. Close your eyes for a second. It means that it has, it has the yichelis to be split. Right? Okay. Or else it can't exist. Yeah, but let's say like water. Forget water. Okay. I'm talking about this. I'm talking about something physical, right? And that's not liquid. That's a tangible. That's a solid, right? So it has a dimension to it. So therefore, it has to be able to be split. So if it's able to be split, so that thing, whatever it is, that, you know, the two halves that you have over here, those also have dimensions. And so then that means that they're able to be split. And that means that they're able to be split. And split and split and split and split and split to a point. It's too small that you can't split. But even then, so that means it's right. So it means to say there has to be infinite, infinite, infinite amount of splits. When you split something too much, right? 
The atom is the small, tiniest thing. Yeah. When you split an atom, it's It's the smallest. It's the smallest. Smaller, 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 smaller. The tiniest. Yeah, but even an even even an atom itself has has dimensions. The reason why it explodes. The reason why even that you can split, right? Because even even an atom. What's the reason why it splits? Why is an atom split? It splits because of the energy that's released, right? But it's not. Once a bit. One second. Let's try to stick to to one thing. But the point is, is that when my so that has dimensions and Adam has to have dimensions for it to exist so that in of itself could be split and split and split and split and there should be such a thing called subatomic matter there is such a thing so if we're able to split it and we're able to control the energy that it gives off then it's not going to explode and if we're able to do that we'll see that there's something that's subatomic right and therefore that part of the atom could consistently be split and split and split and split and split lateral and itself so that means that we're not really able to fathom that because something just like something could be infinitely big, it could also be infinitely small. And every one of those infinitely small seconds, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is recreating the world in those fractions of time that we can't even fathom. So there's a recreation. And every single second that there's a recreation, there's a new Shafa and a new Ar Chodesh. So I want to ask, why does Hashem need to create a new Ar? Just recycle the old Ar. Right? What is this wasting? Hashem's wasting his shaft, he's wasting his insight. So re- first of all, recycle it or whatever. Create that R in the same constitution the way it was. Or, or create it that it's everlasting. Why not? Doesn't take any more. You're not infinite. Okay, you don't want to waste time, this, that. infinite. There's nothing to lose. There's only what to gain. It's all new. No, no, Nothing takes work. But anything that a Kaddish Barakul does, does for a purpose. Because he doesn't just say, okay, I'm infinite and I take an I have an infinite amount of abilities, so I'm just gonna do like this crazy nisim just because like I want to have a hate. I want to have. I want to have fun. I didn't say it's a bigger nisim. It, it's a, it's another step. It's another existence. It is. What do you mean? That's <laughs> it's another step. It's another detail. It's another mitzvah. <laughs> you know, no, no, he can't create him. So there's nothing, there's, no, no, there's not, nothing created him. Shem's yeah, infinite. It, it is created. How did it start? No, didn't. You're not allowed to think about that either. No, but now that he is, he's you're not, no, no, not allowed to think about that. You're not allowed to think about that. What? There's a few things you're not supposed to think about. It's never ending, also. Because you can't comprehend it. You want to know what happens. They say that someone asked that question. If they try to be choiker and try to understand it, that's all these things are very different. I think my brain did go whack 10 years ago thinking about it. I did. I did. But it's so, it's a never ending. But it's so, it's it's normal. That's the first question that a person has. But the Matthias is that it's beyond, it's infinite. Nobody created our show. If you ask me, you don't think about it. No. You should not, that's not how you should answer your kid. That's that's how I'm answering you, but that's not how you should answer your kid, for sure not. I'm saying, what do you no. answer a guy who asked that question? Somebody you tell him that it's not possible for us to understand, but it's Hashem, not uh, it's not, fa- it's infathomable, but okay. Hashem was okay. always here, and Hashem exists really above time, space, and matter, right? Your little kid might not be able to understand that, so what I would say to a little kid is, is Hashem was always around, there was never a point in history where HaKadosh Baruch Hu did not exist, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is Tachas HaShlemis, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is 100% perfect, nothing could, could create him, he just exists in his perfection, and we do not understand 
understand why, where, how, when, and what, but when it comes to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The only thing that we could possibly fathom about HaKadosh Baruch Hu is how HaKadosh Baruch Hu interacts with us in this world, his midas, right? So when HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives us, it's chesed, when HaKadosh Baruch Hu takes from us, it's din, and there's an infinite amount of ways in how that can manifest. But that's the only thing we can understand. Well, it is. That's also chesed. That really is. The that really comes from chesed. Why can't it be? Because nothing really exists. Oh, that's, there's another thing. It's not destroying, it's just it's, the only thing that exists is Hashem. Therefore, everything's from Hashem. So nothing really has a key by itself, therefore, he has to generate it. It's like light. Why? 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 But Hashem exists. So why can't it just be that same light that consistently generates existence? I guess it is. It's not. It's not. He's re, he recreates it. That could just be the essential. That just, a light. It's a light, right? It has to constantly energy become into the light. Right. If not, it'll stop. But is there a point? Is there a point where the old energy is not there and the new energy is? Is new energy every single second? It could be. Okay. Right. But Hashem is. But Hashem is. But Hashem is infinite energy. Hashem's insight is infinite. So therefore, that infinite energy. Energy that exists should be able to re-exist. It shouldn't need a new one. And even if it is, why does it have to be a new type of R? Why does it have to be a completely new type of R? It is. That's what he's saying. He's saying that it's Shef or Chadash. Yeah, but it's not the only place that this is discussed. This is discussed in many, many, many other places. That it's a new R. Yeah. It just mean like the concept of it's just new because it does, nothing exists without it being made to exist. Right. But you're saying you're saying that it's that it's not that if that's the case we're not saying it in a literal sense. So the way that the way most Mufarsham understand it is that we are saying it in a literal sense that there is actually a recreation. Yeah. So Rimnachman, yeah, recreation. So there's a few people that discuss this. There's Shtuchet from the Ketishas Livi. Uh, the Bedichever, and there's also a piece from the Nachman that I saw recently, and he says that the reason why Akadosh Baruch Hu did this is because he wants us to think into this, and he wants us to understand that every single second is a new creation and is a new existence. If every second there's a new creation and a new existence, then it, you should not get in a spell from things being the way they are now because they can always change. Every single second, everything is subject to potential change. So that means to say right now, you're never stuck in a way. You're never stuck in a way. So that means a person could say, oh, I don't have a job or I'm not healthy. I need to get healthy or, you know, or I don't have friends or I don't have a wife or I'm stuck in an addiction. Exactly. That's a number. That's a huge thing. Right. Person thinks that they're stuck in an addiction and they think they can never pull themselves out of that addiction. So one of, one of the, right. Right now. Right. You just make the decision and stop smoking right. today. You just decide. Person, right. As a matter of fact, you should my father to my father's psychologist. Yes, he's a PhD, he's a psychologist, he's been in practice for over thirty years. And my father told me, he said that first of all, two thirds of people that are addicted stop on their own. The people that stop, two thirds of them stop on their own, two thirds of them stop. More more people, right, that are that stop stop on their own and not with help. And the rehab are most of those people actually don't end up quitting permanently. But those people that are yeah, a lot of them go back. But the people that are that are successful in changing so themselves around, that's the one third we're talking yeah, about. Two thirds, yes, yes, <laughs> two thirds. You said the studies have show that it's about two thirds of people, and it's probably more because not as many people report it. All the people that go through rehab and get help are reported. 
the people that aren't true, are not I know reported. a lot of people that smoke cigarettes back in the day. Right. And as they got older, they stopped. Right. And a lot. All right. And a lot. That do, but and I know a lot of them that were addicted. One second. I know a lot of people. I know a lot of people personally. I know a lot, a lot of people personally. that be high, though. It's a different kind of smoke. Addiction. You're addicted to it. You're addicted to I'm not denying it's not an addiction. Oh, it's not the same level. It might not be the same. It might not be the same pleasure, but it is. It is. It could be the same. Same concept. I agree, but they're very different. It's not be as bad or whatever. Not just that. Not just that. What I mean is, it's easier to get off nicotine than a drug. It's love dafka. The pleasure of a drug might be more. That's what I'm saying. No, 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 no. The pleasure, but that doesn't mean that it's more addictive. That doesn't mean it's more addictive. Just because the pleasure of it, I think it's more addictive. Right. There's some people just in order to get through their day, they have to take nicotine to function. So it becomes more addictive because it has to do with the functionality. Bottom line is, I don't think you can drug, it. Mash, drugs is not that way. Some some people it's even worse. No, no, no. But it's an addiction. We're talking about all addictions. We're talking about all addictions. They can't handle reality. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but I personally know not just people that forget about smoking. We just brought up uh, one one example. But I'm saying there's many other examples. I know people that were addicted to schmutz heavy. They had two three years every single day that they watch schmutz and that's it and they got over it they decided that they want to get over it and they worked on themselves and they got over it and I know the same thing the same thing and I know the same exact thing with people that were addicted to weed I know the same thing people were addicted to, to narcotics and people that were addicted to party drugs and people that were even addicted yes you can't be addicted to, psych, to psychedelics this thing that no psychedelics are not addictive and no one gets addicted to psychedelics that's not true there are people that take LSD and ask every single day 100% so, yeah. I'm so, thinking your father would tell someone, for example, to get off of it on his own versus sending him to rehab? No, but we're talking about, practically speaking, that there is a mitzvah that people have the ability to stop on their own. Well, obviously you have the ability, but I think at some no. point you can lose it, unfortunately, once you get into become an addict. Okay, true. Depending but, on the addict. Like but you're thinking that you're an addict but, is a problem. But that's, Correct, but sometimes you're Once you so, realize you're not an addict, then you can stop. Let's try to bring this back home. We can talk about every topic in the world. You talk about addiction Hash and hash and everything and every detail and every what type of addiction. Let's try to bring it back home. his own way and his own The point over here is that they're saying like this. They're saying that the reason why Akadosh Baruch did that, practically speaking, is because he wants to show us and he wants us to tangibly be able to understand that it is possible for us to turn around and change our life. And by the way, there's a concept when it comes to uh, trauma. Any person that goes through trauma, when does that person get over their previous traumas? When they have an epiphany, when they have that moment that they realize the traumas that I had in the past are not the same today. They have that epiphany, they have that insight, they have that realization that it's real, that it's real, and it's not just intellectual, it's emotional. It's a very, very real moment. And the same thing when it comes to addictions. When does a person really stop addictions? Sigh, the people that help people stop addictions. Sigh, the people that do it on their own. It's when the person comes to that pivotal moment that they have a very heuristic realization. And Rabbi Rucham actually says this in Das Chachmul Musar. He says that a person could stop doing Averis with that realization also. That a person could have a certain realization how bad Averis are and how much it's not worth it for him to do that Avera and have that like a pivotal 
epiphany in that moment, that pivotal moment, and that person could completely and totally change his, his life over from beginning to end, right? Hashem did this because He wants us to know that it's possible that if Hashem is recreating everything and creation itself is constantly being recreated and there's a new creation every single second, so that means that we can change our lives, we can come to that realization, we can come to that epiphany, we can have a pivotal moment in our lives, and we can completely and totally rechange everything. So that's why Kaddish Baruch Hu does it. And it's a new art also to say, to show us that it's a completely new world now. It's not the world that it was yesterday. So if Hashem is recreating a whole world, and it's a completely new world, with a completely new, you know, chiyas, and completely new energy that has nothing to do with the energy of the day before. It's completely and totally new. So that means that Hashem could recreate this moment and recreate every single moment of our life. We can now have a completely and totally new reality. We don't have to have the addiction that we had before. We do not have to have the same problems that we were facing previously. HaKadosh Baruch Hu can give us Parnasa, absolutely no problem. HaKadosh Baruch Hu can get us married, even if a person's 40, 50, whatever it is, he can get married today because the day, because of, because yesterday has nothing to do with today. Today is completely and totally no existence. And when a person lives that way, the Kedusha Slavi says that a person also could live and everything in his life with that betachon could completely and totally start changing over. And like the Chavis Lovalmas discusses, the Ramban really discusses it more at length, that a person really could um, circumvent, or bypass rather, the entire Hishtadlus Metzius. You could completely and totally bypass if you get to that Darga, which is a Haicha Darga. Proceed with caution, don't expect that you're holding there. But Lamaisa, there is such a possibility. If you know that every second's brand new, yeah. and you don't even need to do Hishtadlus after. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Also, if you really have Munabatok and kind of you, that's like, what it is. You know, money will come to you. You know, you can yeah. leave your house to open. No right. one's gonna break in. You're gonna, yeah. like, you know, right. if it's meant right. to be. Right. Right. Yeah. No, no. It's interesting because it's in Hilcha Shabbos. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because in Hilcha Shabbos we know that there was a machlekes between Shammai and Hilla Zokin. Shammai, whenever he would get something nice, he would save it for Shabbos and he would say, "Okay, I'm putting this aside for Shabbos." Right? And if he finds something nicer, and if he finds something nicer, he would take the first thing and he would take that and put the second thing away for Shabbos, and he kept on going. That third thing, fourth thing, fifth thing, however many times he needed to do it. Hilazakin, he had a midas abetachan, he wanted to be mechazek his midas abetachan. So anything that came to him that was nizdam and loy, he, um, he took that. And he said, Akadosh Baruch will bring me an even nicer thing for Shabbos. So the question many people ask is, is how could you have betachan for such a thing, right? And especially when it comes to Avedis Hashem. When it comes to Gashmir, so Besedah, Chayvis Lavava says, and Echanami should try to be betach and Akadosh Baruch as much as possible. But when it comes to Ruchnias, the person is supposed to be Mishtadl, right? You don't sit down to a Mesechta, right? You don't open up a Gemara and say... Is there a thing say, that one of them are right or not? Are they both right, really? We have to, no, they're both right. So we have to understand, it's not possible for us to sit down and say, okay, I'm not going to open a Gemara, I'm not going to learn a Yiddish Shavarita, and the Gemara is just going to pop into my head, and also I'm going to get scared for that, Ki'ilu that, Yagea. That, there's, there's a place where we draw a line and say that that's not the case, right? And a Kaddish Baruch he wants our Yagea, and he wants our Amelis, and he wants our Ishtadlis, when it comes to learning and he wants that fervor and he wants that that investment fire fire he also wants you to believe that he's the one that's producing the result that's not you so as much as you're going to try to learn the Torah you're not going to get the Torah unless you realize that it's a Kaddish Baruch Hu giving it to you at the end of the day but Lamaisa, when it comes to physical things, right, it's possible for a person to, let's say, call it manifest, right? That's what the guy is saying, you know, manifest things, right? So through Betachem, we can get these things to come to us. And if you're holding on that darga that you really 
the metzius of everything, you're able to just draw it forth to you, right? So then if you're really, really holding on that madriga and ruchnias, then it's a metzius by you. Then that is an existence. So it's not like, you know, he was playing Russian roulette. You're able to actually draw things towards you with the mida of betachan, and he had such stark of betachan that it was mukrach. It was mukrach that it was going to happen, right? Because every single second there's a new metzius. So therefore, he was saying, I'm going to get something nicer for Shabbos. I, he wasn't living in such affluent times, right? There's no question, right? And money wasn't like it is today, and uh, and the af- and the and the abundance and the shefa that we have today is probably historically unparalleled. We live like kings. That's 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 the reality. And if Nachman said in his dar that the only real Aeneas is Aeneas Badas, so then Kavuchaymer ben Benaishal Kavuchaymer, that the only real Aeneas that we have today is really Aeneas and Das. And the truth is, is that you know most of the Aeneas that we have comes from being jealous of other people, right? Right? Because the house that I live in is perfectly big enough for me, right? The amount of food that I have is perfectly big enough for me. But the second I step foot into somebody who has a nicer and bigger and more beautiful house, all of a sudden my house is not big enough. I don't have any space. I don't have any room. And I see all the anemones he has. All of a sudden I don't have my necessities. And all of a sudden my necessities grow. And I say I don't have. So that's called Aeneas Badas, right? I want to tell you something happens. To do when I moved into my house, so I was very pumped up and I was very geschmack. I was so happy to have more room and more space to have a nice backyard and to have a nice front yard, right? And there was a minion uh, on Wisconsin, which is like a block away from me. And a guy has a minion in his garage, and in order to go to the garage, now he actually has a door in the back that you can go in through the back, but then he didn't have a door to you go, you had to go in through the house. So Lamaisa walked to the house, and the house is uh, quite larger than mine, right? has a beautiful dining room, and he also has a nice chandelier, and he has beautiful flooring, and then I walk through the kitchen. He's got this massive, gigantic kitchen. It's so big that they had to make a living room in the kitchen also. Like, you know, the didn't know what to do with it. You know, there's this gorgeous island over there, and uh, granite countertops, stainless steel appliances, beautiful custom black splash. I had the whole thing. Mamish, gorgeous. Mamish, not trying Right, so I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to. I'm not. I'm not going to tell you that there wasn't a second of jealousy that crept up over there. Right, I, I. I would be very dishonest to tell you that there wasn't a second of jealousy. There definitely was. Everyone has jealousy. Mm-hmm. Kasha <laughs> Anyway, so. So kids are my so so whatever. So I went home. What's that? Kasha It's it's as hard as Gehenna. The, the lowest part of Gehenna. Yeah. Well, it takes a whole year to explain what exactly that means, but um, okay. just to to get to the point. So how do you get rid of jealousy? One second. So just to get to the that point. Yes, yeah, so I walk into my house. <laughs> I walk. Yeah. So I walk back into my house, and uh, you know, Baruch Hashem, it took me a few minutes to to reappreciate everything I have. But I did. I got to the point, Baruch Hashem, where I just appreciated it, and I completely forgot about everything. Having Stephen, my schwager, who still lives in an apartment, Lamaisa, he came to check out my house that Sunday, and I told him, the first thing I did when I saw him, me and my schwager, we have a certain kind of relationship, we're very honest with each other, you know, we don't, you know. So I told him, I said, so he like burst out laughing, he's like, yeah, of course, you know. Um, And then I told him what happened on Chavez, I told him that, you know, the same thing applies to me, you know, because no matter how big or how geschmack your thing is, somebody always has better or more, and you're always going to have a little jealousy towards that person if you allow allow yourself to, right? Um, then at Grada, I found out later that the same individual, you know, he, he Baruch Hashem, he has one child, but, you know, he's been married for many years, and he only has one child. And I thought to myself, 
I said, you know, envy is ignorance. That's really what it is. In the Vedic, they say envy is ignorance. It's complete and total ignorance. Because Lamaisa, at the end of the day, you don't know what you have. What you ha- have might be more, more and better than what the other individual has when you really take everything into the equation. Right? So the first thing we'll say is, okay, Stamazai envy is ignorance because Akadosh Baruch gave you what's perfect for you. And if another person has more than you have, then it's it's, it's just a, you have exactly what you're supposed to have, he has exactly what he's supposed to have, and that's all true. Right? But another thing is, that if a person's not holding on the Dharga to be able to deal with his kinah like that, you have to understand that Lavdafka does that person have a better life just because you see he's driving a nicer car you might not trade your situation in life for that person's situation sure you, sure not right. you wouldn't right and this situation if I you say sure you would it's a silk fear you're saying God doesn't know what he's doing right but I'm, saying even, be- but I'm, saying, but I'm saying even before that I'm saying even if you're a complete and total atheist you saying might, if you knew the issues right. he had right. all the money he had you, realize you would say no, keep no, your money I'll take no money you know, exactly. But I'm saying on a daily, you don't see all that. You don't know all the problems he has. You just, people just look at people and right. they're like, eh. right. But just you gotta know that as a fact. Right. You really have the best situation for yourself. You have the best situation for yourself. More than that, there's and someone else that. wishing to have what you have that you don't even acknowledge that you have. Yeah. And that's a, that, that exactly. You don't really realize you have all that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If I would so busy, I wish I had that. That guy's like, I wish I had what you had. You get what I mean? So how do you get rid of jealousy? First of all, you have to be misbeinen on that idea. You have to really meditate on that concept. That a Kaddish Baruch Hu, the same way, right? That let's say you're not jealous of somebody who's a multi-zillionaire, right? Are you jealous of Bill Gates and Jeff Bezos? Because he's leads, a real kid. Talking about a real, real kid. No, it's usually somebody that's closer to what you maybe get. What you oh, maybe get here. But when you realize that a Kaddish Baruch Hu gave you exactly what you're supposed to have, and you can't increase it or decrease it even by a hair's breadth. So then you know that the same way Jeff Bezos has something that you can't get, so a person who's married to the wife he's married to, who has the house he has, who has the children he has, who has the parnasa and the job he has, is just as much out of your league as Jeff Bezos and Bill Gates. But the point is just to say these things be a idea, but doesn't really help. Right? You can, yeah. You, well, why is it only Yashlimana I just want to get to this idea. So what I'm trying to say is what this point is, is that it's not enough to know the information intellectually. It's very nice to know. You could write a whole book, a whole Muslim book, right? A whole Muslim Sefer, and not have any shaykhs whatsoever to the concepts in there. What's the chat? A person has to really meditate on that idea and be misbeinen into that idea and repetitively tell himself that idea, right? And that's how it sinks deeper and deeper and deeper into a person's bones. In the Vardic, what they would do is, is they would literally take a Pasek, or they would take a Maimer Chazal, and they would go over that Pasek or Maimer Chazal repetitively for hours and hours on end. If you don't have patience to do that, I totally get it. So there's different ways of being able to do that, but that's the way they did it, and they would sing it with a niggin, and they would really ingrain it into themselves. And it would be the same Pasek. They don't hold, like, learning the seals to Sharm is called Limit HaMosar. They call that Bikiyas Mosar. They don't, that's not Musa in, in, in the Nevaradic world. In the Nevaradic world, it's taking one Mayim Chazal and digesting it and getting it deeper and deeper into your bones. So if a person's not holding by learning Musa Bespailus and singing and crying the way they did in Nevaradic and the way they also did in Slabatka, by the way, if a person's not holding on that Darga, you could just cause it over in your mind. You're repetitively getting it into your bones and into your brain that this is the situation. When a person learns Musar Bespailus and Rezaicha to learn Musar Bespailus, then you also, like this, like a song and the same Chazal, 
then you're also able to tap into something else, which is not just the intellect, it's also the emotions, right? That's really what Navaric was trying to do also, not just get into your intellect, but also get down deep into your emotions. You take a Pasuk and a Maimar Chazal that hits you, that strikes a chord inside. And when it strikes a chord inside and then you combine it with a Nigan, and you go over it again repetitively with that Nigan, so then that really gets injected not just into your brain, but also into your heart. And then it even becomes a stronger part of who you are, right? So, but that's the side. If you could even listen to a song, let's say there's a concept that you you relate to very stark, right? And there's a song, right? Like the song you sent me the other night, right? Those were ideas and concepts that you put into a song. That's kind of like Musurbis Bailas. It's the same mechanics. If you break it down, that it's yeah. That's 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 in essence what it is. It's Muslim. You're te- you're inspiring yourself through music. Yes, and when people do kumzitzim, right, and they, they strum on the guitar and they think in kola and kula gashert or whatever it is, in the Vardic, that's called Muslim. That's Muslim. It's almost like tefillah. Yeah. Like yeah. Like One of the highest forms, music. Yeah. Nice to sing the tefillah. It's very interesting also because in in in, in, Slabok, in 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 what's it called in in Braslav it's Tila right and Navardic everything is Lima Hamosu right so I was tiny that really bad some you can combine the two right let's say you take a Bakasha you want to work on a certain Mida so you take a Tfila you take a Bakasha and you go over that Tfila repetitively with a song and with a nigan so your sigh davening for and your side getting the emotions and you're ingraining it into yourself so you're really covering like all the bases Yudah Mandel says that's that's called a Musr a Musr Tfila sandwich that's what he calls it a Musr Tfila sandwich to a Musr Tfila sandwich maybe we should make uh, like like what one night, one night we should try like a, you know, set up some yeah. wide room. Oh, okay. We'll go that way if you want. Take one nigga, we'll sing it for hours. Yeah, yeah, take one chazal. It's really true. I was once somewhere where we sang a for at least a half hour straight. Right. And it was so inspiring. It gets into you more and more as you get deeper into it. We're saying the words over and over and over. Kept that going. Like half hour, forty five minutes. It was, yeah. it was a crazy, like uplifting feeling. It's not a. It's going, you go on and on and on and on and on. Like everyone just singing and singing. It was like going down. You know? It just you get to a crazy level. It's true. It's like it just goes in and in and in and in. Yeah. You think about it. The more you sing it, it's like peels layers off like an onion. So you have like these infinite layers that you're trying to penetrate, and it just keeps gets deeper and deeper and deeper. Okay, Shkayach Rabbi Sai, please. Wow. Please, everybody, eat sushi.